On this episode of The Restless Podcast, we had an amazing chat with Robert Dawson, co-founder of Hockey by Design and digital marketing manager at the Web Advisors. During our conversation, Robert dove deep into his expertise in digital marketing, his ability to collaborate with partners surrounding their love for hockey, and we also had a detailed chat about the importance of networking and other key aspects surrounding the struggles of being an up-and-coming entrepreneur. If anybody knows any impactful business leaders, or up-and-coming entrepreneurs in the Okanagan area, please reach out to us. We love to interview them. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, so do be sure to give us a review. And please follow us on Instagram as well, which is just The Restless Podcast. Thank you to everyone who has listened so far and supporting us through our first 10 episodes. So sit back, relax, grab a beer or four, and we will hope you enjoy this interview with Robert Dawson. Hello, everyone. This is Jonah Boston. I'm with my co-host, Raphael Law, and this is The Restless Podcast. On The Restless Podcast, we interview the most impactful leaders in the business world, starting in our home base of Kelowna, British Columbia. Our mission is to provide our listeners with topics around modern-day business and entrepreneurial methods to help you execute your goals in life. We hope you enjoy this episode of The Restless Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Restless Podcast. I'm with my co-host Raphael Law, and we have Robert Dawson on the podcast today, digital marketing manager of the Web Advisors, founder of Top Search Result, and co-founder of Hockey by Design. Rob, what's going on? Uh, just living the dream here in, in Kelowna. Living the dream. It's yeah. a nice day today. Beautiful. Yeah. Gotta work on my tan though. <laughs> I gotta get my base on. Do you do, you do a fake are you a fake tan guy? No. <laughs> do I look like a... I don't think fake tans and beards go very well. No, <laughs> I could no. be mistaken, but... No, no, they definitely don't. Although I, I did do it for Halloween once. I went as uh, the Jersey Shore. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what... You didn't get that... You didn't... You didn't uh, snoop uh, long enough in the timeline. Well, I got Facebook. some. No, I got some. <laughs> um, don't, don't worry. Which, which character were you? Oh, uh, I, I think I was Vinny. That's a good choice. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Probably because, you, know, you know, I'm so jacked, right? You right. Know? Yeah. Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah. The, the most least jacked one of the group. I love it. <laughs> um, so before we dive uh, into the interview here and the business questions that we're going to get into, obviously, I, uh, I did a little bit of digging in Facebook. And um, one of the questions that I meant to ask you or is meaning to ask you is, are you a part-time Santa Claus? Part-time. Uh, actually, was offered a gig this Christmas. To be Santa Claus. To be Santa Claus. Do you, know how much, do you know how much money they make on Christmas Day? Like, if you can get a horse and a sled, forget about it. Like, you could retire. Like, so the amount of, like, per hour? Right. That's crazy. I think I think it was, like, $500 or something. Like, it was crazy. So if I ever see, like, little kids roaming around town, do you want me to send them to you? Uh, I don't I don't think I want to answer that. But uh, that could be misconstrued. But, yeah, no. I have I have my own son. And, and yeah, you love your son, but... Or your kids, but I don't know if it works for everyone. Yeah, I know a Santa in town. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Rob. So we're going to get into some questions here. And the first thing I want to ask is, like, where are you originally from? Let's talk about your early years as a, as a child and where you're from. Yeah, so I'm from originally from the east coast of Canada, Prince Edward Island. So you can hear my accent if I say Mars Bar. Mars Bar, Car, Far, Bar. Yeah, it's all those type of words. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a small place, so it's a population of 140,000, so not, you know, not huge by any stretch of the means, so very small, um, but very similar in Kelowna in terms of, like, the community and, and uh, you know, walking down the street and, and seeing people you know, which is nice, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did you have any, and I know you are involved in many things, right? Yeah. Um, did you have any entrepreneurial, you know, characteristics as a young kid? Like, were your parents super supportive with you and everything that you've done? Well, uh, kind of. So both, I'm about a fourth generation entrepreneur. So like my grandfather, father, great grandfather, all entrepreneurs in their own sense. So they did everything golf courses, Robin's Donuts, uh, real estate, all that type of stuff. But funny enough, never encouraged to do any of that. My only encouragement was every Saturday I would go with my dad and we'd cut Robin's Donuts grass. Really? Like, that's that's was my, like, my childhood. Right. It was like, okay, we got to go, like, my dad's day off was basically work, working his other businesses that he owned because he, he actually owned a Nashville paving business. Okay. So, like, pretty busy Monday to Friday as is, and then... Yeah, I just remember going with him, but it was never, yeah, it was never really forced upon me or anything like that. Um, I do remember doing lemonade stands, all that type of stuff. And also, I used to get paid to cut the grass, and I do remember finally being like, my dad being like, why are you cutting the grass again? You already cut it this morning. I was like, because I get paid every time I cut it. So it's I would bald. just It's bald, man. <laughs> I would just keep going around, and I was like... Hey, you said every time I cut it, I get paid. And he would pay me. Like, he, he's like, if I did it. But yeah, I would do it twice a day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's in elementary school and in high school? No, this is so this was when I was younger. So, you know, stopped doing that around junior high. I started working at, like, Subway in, in grade nine. And, okay. And all that type of stuff and, and jobs and, and getting in, into making money. Right. Yeah. So, so what did you... Um... What did you want to go into uh, in high school, you know, leading towards college? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> how, how you describe high school here. Okay, high school for me, and I'm dead serious, I had the highest marks per class attended. Nerd. No, per <laughs> class attended. Like, oh. I had really good marks, and I went to no classes. I had, because I worked a system, right. which is basically what I do with my entire life. I work different systems. I didn't know this at the time, right? But... Right. I just kind of figured out what worked for me, and I could go to very few classes. I even ended up getting a bilingual certificate. I don't speak French, so <laughs> I have no idea how you got it. <laughs> no, I know how I did it, but like, like there's some serious holes in the education system. Right. But my ambitions were not overly high. Right. They were. I wasn't a great student. I was. I made sports teams, but I was like, you know, first to get off the bench type of person. I wasn't like the star athlete or anything like sure. that. Sure. So yeah. Cool. So where'd you go to university? Oh, I went to university. I got a pretty good education. Um, university of Prince Edward Island. I started off in art, okay. which is interesting. And then actually one summer, um, did the drive out to Calgary. So from Prince Edward Island. And that was like my passage into the real world. So I went out there when I was 17, 18. I was in arts at the time. I came back and I was like, I got to do something with my life. Right. I, I, I was not cut out for manual labor at all. No, like I was no. getting destroyed out there. Well, like I like dressing as Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> this is before, but I was like, I was like, I got to take my education very seriously. So I, I, and I had been taking some business courses, but I switched over to business, and that's really when I when I started honing in on business. Um, and it was just like a few different classes kind of caught my attention, and I, and I just kind of got into it. Um, it wasn't as I said, I really liked arts, and I liked history, and I liked all that stuff. But I just figured I wanted something tangible at the end of the thing. And I like business too. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I hated it. So it's just kind of funny how one little, well, I wouldn't say little trip. It was a long, long road trip. Long drive, yeah. Yeah, but that was one of the like pivotal moments in my, like that changed the whole trajectory of my life doing that. And and I slept on couches. 
like stuff I could never do today. I'm oh, too yeah. precious now. <laughs> like the stuff I was doing, like we drove across the country in a Dodge Neon. I love it. That's like awesome. it was, you know, basic as you could get. Like we were sleeping in basements on couches. Like we almost had a band with like no instruments. You That's know what hilarious. I mean? <laughs> just, just whistling into a mic. <laughs> we were just we we had the parodying part down, but we didn't have any of the yeah. like skill sets or any of that stuff. So right on, man. Um, during university, do you have any like mentors or anything like that? Like people kind of leading you into a certain direction? Uh, not a lot of mentorship. In university, uh, I had a lot of, um, you know, obviously family members who were entrepreneurs. So I got in, when I was going to school, there wasn't a lot of focus on entrepreneurship. Like in 2000, you know, I started university in 2004. Right. It wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur, people. Like, no, and when I'm confused too, right? Oh, yeah. When I, what the hell are you talking about? Even in 2008, it wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. Like when I left Prince Edward Island, it was like, you work on computers by yourself. They just couldn't understand. They thought I was a loser. Like, it was crazy. And then I, you know, then came out here. It was a totally different story. So during your time in university, were you in any co-ops or internships or worked a job during the time? Yeah. I Like, if you're in university right now, highly recommend an inter, like a co-op internship. I was in a co-op. Uh, the first one went terrible. I got placed in Veterans Affairs Canada. And oh, someone with an entrepreneurial spirit, it is torture to right. work in that type of position. But... I learned from that. Like, I never want to do that. I could see people going crazy around me. You know, I could hear them. They were just, you know, and then I was like, you know what? The next one, I'm, I'm really into real estate. I'm really into technology. And, and the guy was like, oh, that's weird you say that. Just pulls up this thing from the wall. He's like, I have a position right here for real estate brokerage. And they need some help with some appraisal software. So I was like, sweet. All right. So I get there. And this is actually how I got into digital marketing is I got there to implement this appraisal software, you know, not the sexiest thing in the world. No. Uh, but the owner of the brokerage, he comes over and he's like, hey, do you know how to advertise on Google? And I was like, no. And he just looks at me, he's like, you're young, you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the bookstore. He just gave me a credit card, I went to the bookstore, because at this time you couldn't even find stuff on the internet to how to advertise on the internet. Right. Uh, and I just bought a book and I was instantly hooked. That was like also the moment I stopped... Uh, playing video games because well that's a big one <laughs> yeah because it was like to me digital marketing is a is a video game and i couldn't do the screen all day and then go home and play the video games so it's kind of weird like that so, so was there anybody in university that made an impact uh to your career today uh career-wise definitely I, I do remember we had one entrepreneurship class and it was awesome right. like we got marked by how much money we made in, in like a in four hour period. So it wasn't based on your business plan or anything. And all the money went to buying like student lounge furniture. So it was really cool. So I was like, well, why don't we just, you know, fill up a pub and we'll take the cover at the door and we'll just have a big party and we'll get, you know, we'll make a bunch of money. We ended up destroying the other teams, like just like boatloads of cash. And we got like the highest mark. And all we did was was have like a really good time. It was awesome. That's super cool. So that was it. Was definitely one of those things where you're like, okay, you know, although like academics can kind of be like, you know, a little too much written stuff and, and not a lot of action. I really like this kind of like, okay, you're actually gonna get marked on what you produce, which okay. was totally different. Yeah. What um, what's your thoughts on university as a whole? Like from just your experience, everyone has their own opinion, obviously, yeah. right? But what's your thoughts? I'm, I mean, I have my master's in business, yeah. so I've been through a lot of schooling. Yeah. 
And my thoughts on it are, are totally different than like the education is going to get you a job or something like that. If I were you and I, or someone, and I was in school right now, I would refocus into you're building your network, you're learning how to work in teams, um, and you are building some skill sets. Uh, business in particular, you can get like a decent starter job, sure. you know what I mean, to get the skills and stuff. But rethink it in terms of like, I got to work on my presentation skills, I got to work on my networking, because um, those people, that's your network, and your network is your net worth when you get older, and you don't realize that until you get much older. Yeah, social currency, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, and once you finished school, what was the, the first step after university? What did you do um, straight out of school? Yeah. So mine's, mine was a little, so the co-op I did at the real estate brokerage, that ended and he was like, okay, well, I want to continue to get you to do my Google ads management. So I basically started my business then. I was like, all right, you're going to pay me. So I actually had an agency going while I was in university. Uh, and so that would pay, you know, that was my job was basically doing an agency. Uh, and then when I got out, I worked a family business and then came back to doing my own agency stuff as well. So, okay. A little all over the place. <laughs> um, what, uh, what's the most confusing thing about running ads? Like if you're going to give anyone advice about running ads on the internet, what could you give? Uh, don't do it. No, <laughs> just joking. I need my job. Uh, no. the, uh, the thing is is there's a huge misconception that you just throw up something, you advertise it, and it sells. It's like asking someone to marry you on the first date. You know, right. It could happen. <laughs> someone could say yes, but what are the chances? It's pretty low. So it's understanding that you know customers need five to 10 touch points before they're gonna give you money. And you can't just throw up a website and people are gonna hand you money. Like, you know, maybe it was different at the start of the dot-com age, but you can't do that. It's just, so I think a lot of people get they see these videos like you can make a hundred grand and it doesn't happen. Right. Like, and I can tell you, I've like this month managed over a hundred K in ad spend and it, there's nothing, there's no magic. There's no magic to it. Right. Just constant testing, you know, trying something that works, trying something else that works. There's no magic, you know, secret system. Right. Like I have no idea how it works. Like if yeah. I'm going on Facebook right now and I'm like, I need to advertise something. How much do I spend? Like, how much time will it take? Like, is there like a certain like type of formula that people are like, okay, like can kind of understand? The first of all, you can spend as little as you want. So I highly recommend you get in there and test it. You know, just to start messing around with it. Um, you know, I, I like to do twenty twenty dollar increments. You know, see what works. What you could test really well is like local events. Like anything local is an easy first step. Right, because you're you're trying to get people to a local event. You kind of know you know what the city you live in. That would be a very easy first step. Definitely start with Facebook ads because Google ads is, is a different monster altogether. Okay. Um, that's what I recommend. But there's really only Google ads, Facebook ads. There's no like there's not a lot of alternatives. They they have like a duopoly, I guess. Yeah. Like they own it all. Is uh, is Facebook getting a lot more complicated? They're, like and saturated, I guess. Okay, so both Google and Facebook are getting, getting every day they get better at just taking your money. But if, if you, you can run the complicated systems like you could run, it's crazy. Right. Like, you know, watch a video ad, goes to a lead ad, goes to this ad, go, or, and then also like from your website to Facebook to, mo you know, like, there's so many different things connecting. Um, so it can get really complicated, but AI is coming in now. So it's actually, you know, if you trust the algorithm, 
it knows it knows the Facebook users really well. Like, right. scary. It is messed up. It it is crazy. So is it is this true? Okay, so if I'm talking about buying a jacket for the winter, and I go on and there's ads of jackets for the winter, it, is that just a coincidence or is that actually happening? I think most of the time you're actually when when you're saying it, you're also searching it or putting it in your messenger. If you're doing if if you have it in your messenger and text, oh yeah, for sure. Really? Oh yeah, they're not. They're, they're aggregating that data and they, but at the same time, yeah. And I wouldn't rule out that they're listening. I like, I'm not one of those conspiracy people. Like, I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. You want to listen to me like singing to the wiggles with my uh, two-year-old son, then go ahead. That's your problem. That's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) You deal with it. That's not my problem. So, yeah. Okay. So I think now we'll move on to Hockey by Design. So I want to talk a little bit about how, what inspired you to, to start Hockey by Design? And let's dive, dive into the story of uh, how, how it became uh, the company. Yeah, so a little bit of a different kind of setup than I think most people, how they get into their side hustles, is I was looking for some place to utilize my skill set, which is digital marketing skills, right. uh, in a company. And I know the importance of having an audience. So I was looking for someone with a big audience. And then I just happened upon uh, a buddy of mine who was actually in the co-working space we're in right now. Uh, he was a designer and he had a blog and it was called Hockey by Design. So he would critique designs for hockey. So, you know, their uniforms and things like that, jerseys, that type of stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'd, I would love to be involved with something with hockey. So we just started chatting. He told me his audience and, and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? You're really good at design, writing content. I'm really good at digital marketing, business. You know, I do tons of slide decks, you know, that's talking business is kind of my thing. Like, let's just join up. So we actually just joined up right, right then and there and transformed it into uh, an e-commerce site as well. Cool. So we have a blog and it has a hundred thousand users, readers a year. And to monetize that, we've decided to go the route of e-commerce. So in my history, I've been doing digital marketing for 10, over 10 years. The hardest thing is getting an audience. You guys should know this is it's a, it's a podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, this is only one part of the process mm-hmm. is actually doing the work, but then you got to get it out there. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. And I saw an opportunity where we had, he had about uh, 75,000 readers at the time, but there was no email list. There was no Facebook fans. So I came in and, and trying to build that out and we're still trying to build that out. Um, but it is a process. As I said, most people think you throw up something and then people just say, oh, yeah, take my money. Yeah, yeah. Take my money. It doesn't work like that. No. Holy smokes. Um, what could you, sorry, what could you advise um, if anyone wants to create an email list? An email list? It's a tough slug. Yeah. You need something to offer people. Um, so, for instance, on Hockey by Design, we use a, a infographic that is a visual history of the entire NHL. So imagine being a designer and mapping out the entire league it's this massive thing um, and something we can't sell because you can't even put on a poster or anything. Like it's just, it's right. just crazy. So we drive people to our site and we're like, Hey, you can have this watermark version or you can give us your email and you get the whole thing. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. High quality, but people aren't going to give up their emails without getting something in return, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything spectacular, but it has to be of value of some type. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be of value. Okay. And when you started Hockey by Design, did you have to, or did you pitch to any investors, and, and, how, and how do you do that? Yeah, we we just uh, bootstrap right now. So we take all our money, all our revenue goes back into growing the top line, 
Uh, we've done some slide decks, but we've never really gone out looking for for money. We're the slow and steady. You know, we have hockey stick growth, which is good for a hockey stick com- or a hockey company, right? Yeah. But it's still slow and steady. Like we both have our full time jobs. We have families. We have kids. The thing is, once you have a kid, and this is my advice to young entrepreneurs, do it now. Because once you have a kid, hundred times harder. You have yeah. bills to pay. You have, you know. I was fine 10 years doing doing my own kind of agency thing, but, you know, the cash flow was just like up and down, up and down. And once once I had a, a kid, it was to- your life changes and you're just like, I have to, you know, kids need diapers, they need food. They can't, you know, you can't survive on macaroni and cheese forever anymore, right? Like, well, you, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it. He's very particular. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so that, that would be one thing is just like, just. Do it. Do it. Like if you, even if you just think you want to do it, just do it now because the risk is nothing. Like what are you going to lose? You have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like just do it. Just try it. Go for it. Do just it now, right? So it I gets can't. it gets so much more difficult. There's when you're young, it's just you. If you make a mistake and things go down, it's just you. But when you start affecting other people, your whole mindset, your whole risk tolerance changes. Sure. And starting a business, you need a good risk tolerance. You can't. You know, you got to be willing to fail and you got to be willing to be broke at times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So are there any other blocks similar to Hockey by Design? And uh, what makes it so, what makes Hockey by Design so unique when compared to uh, other blogs? Yeah, I mean, there's there's other blogs that do like sports logos and things like this. What we did is it's all hockey based, right? And so our e-commerce as well. It's all, all stuff you can't buy on Amazon for hockey. It's for hockey lovers. Like you, you know design them. Yeah, my, right. my buddy John designs them. I don't, you don't want me designing anything. It's like, is that a stick figure? I don't know what that is. Uh, you, you don't want that. But it's, and I like, I don't know if this comes off, but like we, I really love hockey. Yeah. And John really like loves hockey. And most of the time we're just talking hockey. You know what I mean? Like, we're just like, oh, what would fans really like? And, and can we do a fantasy league for our fans? Or can we do... You know, we're just so community based uh, and it and also it's like a it's a niche, but it's pretty big. Like I would never think think like 100,000 readers a year want to read about their jerseys and stuff like that. But I think that's on the low scale. I think on the high scale, it's much higher. Like if, if we can kind of spread it out a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, people are really into jerseys and stuff. You know, it's, right. it's crazy. Do you talk about things other than merch? Do you talk about like the culture of hockey, how it's changing. Do you talk about kind of um, like stuff like salary and all that stuff? Like The, the closest we get is we do like a branding ranking. Right. So that takes, all the blog articles are kind of design based, but branding also takes in like your value, your market value, your, you know, the value of your fans, but also on, on ice performance. It's quite a, like a little, little matrix we got going, like a scoring system. Right. But a big part of that is like, how good do your jerseys look? And like, yeah. is it visually? Because, you know, jerseys are part of your brand as well, right? Like, and, you know, I, I heard like the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, any of these big sports teams, New York Yankees, their competition isn't the local, isn't other teams in their league. It's like, they want to be the Yankees, like the right. teams that have that international, Manchester United. Right. Like, that's who they're competing against. They want to be like the people in, in different continents wearing their hats because they, they know nothing about the sport. So it's just an interesting kind of, I don't know, matrix type of thing. 
Let's talk about the importance of working towards uh, something that you're passionate about. Uh, so what are some of the key things that, to make it happen? I know uh, today there's so much people trying to, to make something that they're not passionate about yeah. and most of the time it fails or they're miserable at what they do. So what are your uh, some of your advices for, for people who's trying to start a business that want to cater towards their passion? Yeah, I'm just putting this out there. I'm not 100% passionate about Google ads and Facebook ads. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Right. But I got 10 years of developing that skill set. So I think it's important, especially people that are doing the nine to five, that you have something outside of that that you're really into. Hockey by design is that for me because I love hockey, but also I can take my skill sets from my job and grow it. Like it, it, it just, they work really well together. But I'm never like, oh, I got to work on hockey by design. It's like, oh, I get to work on hockey by design, get to talk hockey, that type of stuff. So definitely, like, I think a lot of people and there's a lot of people saying follow your passion and stuff like that. I, I think it's a little fluffy as well. Right. But what are you into? Like, you know, I I just went out into the universe. I was like, I like hockey. I want to find something to do in hockey. And it, and it just comes to you. But you got to you got to like ask people. You got to get out there. Because you can make money playing video games. You can do, like, crazy stuff now. Like, if you have an interest, just just be like, in a crazy world, how could I make money off this? Or or how could I grow a community? Or how could I do something with this that will actually make me happy? Because a 9 to 5 can, can beat you down, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially if you're not that into it. Like, it can. Now, I, I like it because I, like, get to use my skill sets and, and learn about new businesses and all that stuff. But maybe you don't like the job you're in. You know, especially for starting out, you know, you might have to suck it up and just work a job you don't like because you want to get some experience and some money. Yeah. I highly encourage you to look for something and you don't have to like invest a bunch of money. Like with computers and stuff, you can get started like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I've noticed that, you know, when you bring up working for free, kind of people take that the wrong way and, yeah. and people take it differently. What are your thoughts on that? When let's just say someone's in university, right, and they're like, "Well, oh, I have no idea what to do," and, and like you said, right, do do what you like, sit back and just simply say, "What do you like?" You know, um, and but people, some people aren't willing to work for free in order to elevate that to be one day a paid position or mm-hmm. to do something you love. Can I talk about that a bit? I've never worked for free, but I've worked for beer. <laughs> you know, I love that. yeah. So I've done, and when I first started out. Like in learning about digital marketing, I did everything. Website design, S like search engine optimization, all that stuff. So I do a website, no idea what I was doing. And you pay you come over with a two four or whatever. Done. You know what I mean? It's like the most valuable thing. It's <laughs> on the East Coast there's no better currency. No. There is none. So I at the same time I, I do get it like my uh, co founder in Hockey by Design hates the idea of designers doing free work. You know what I mean? Um I'm kind of like, if you're first starting out, you know, get something. doesn't have to be money. You need something. As I said, beer. I wouldn't in, you know, something. Free merch, anything like that. But to do it completely free and not get anything in return, I, I would not recommend doing that either. Because they got to value your time as well. And if you're young, just look for things that like, like older people don't understand. They're willing to pay you to figure it out. Even if you don't know how to figure it out. Because... If they don't, if you don't do it, they have to do it and they don't want to do it. So, you know, look for those opportunities. And sometimes they just come to you like it, it just happened to me. I wasn't actually looking for that. But if you get in the right place, 
and, and people have problems, especially with technology. Cause like, even now I'm 33, I'm like, how does Instagram stories work? Like I feel, I'm like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? So it's even though I'm on computers all day, I'm still like, what is going on? Like it just moves so quickly. If you're young and you're dialed into technology, there's opportunity. For, for, uh, for mentorship, mm-hmm. is it wrong to think that you should be paid for ment- getting mentored by someone? Or is, you say, no, man, like you're not getting paid to get taught by someone, like a CEO of this big company, if you want to see value in that, right? I, I think if you're getting the value, it makes sense. That's what to me more like coaching than, right. than yeah. working for free. Yeah. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. I've, I've never done that. I'm a big fan of peer mentorship. So I'm a part of a mastermind group. Uh, and we meet once a month, we discuss goals. That is a really good way of getting that. Now you got to pick a good group of people that, you know, want to have fun, but also want to like do something with their lives. They want to, you know, they're not, they're always looking for the next thing. Like I'm never satisfied. Right. If, if, if I made a million dollars today, I'd want 10 million in the next, you know, I'm always just looking to make myself better. Like the uh, continuous improvement. Yeah. Like, in everything. So it's like, I'm always looking for that. And you need to find a group of people that feel the same way. And that's, it's nice talking to people your own age too. It's good to have that balance. Like, you know, people older, people younger, people your same age. Like, but I, I've never paid for mentorship. I've had lots of people give me formal or informal mentorships mm-hmm. as well, right? And I want to talk about the vision for Hockey by Design. What do you guys see yourself in in a couple of years? What is your long-term plan for, for Hockey by Design? And is this something that you can move on to full-time? Yeah, great question. This would be our ideal job. So we are, and we've set it up so it's completely automized. Like it's right. completely automatic. So it's just about getting the traffic and all that stuff. So, and we're growing at about 100% revenue a year. Cool. So in four or five years, we're hoping to just be like, all right, it's on autopilot. Like there's always going to be stuff to be, to be done and, and, and growing it. But that is our vision is to combine our skill sets that we've been working on for 10, 15 years and push it into hockey that we really love. Talk about hockey do and doing other stuff that are beyond just like design and hockey, but the greater scope of hockey. And we'd love to do a product line that gives back to, you know, youth that can't afford hockey gear right. and stuff like that. But we need to get to a number where like it's it's a a good sizable amount. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not just like, here's $10. (laughs) Cause all our money is, is literally going into growing, growing that business. We don't take any of it out. It just keeps going and going and going. It's like a, like a snowball that's picking up steam. Right. And hopefully it'll just keep getting bigger. The key word there, uh, one of your answers was growth. What advice can you give for networking? Uh, anyone starting their own business and how do they network? They're like, okay, am I going to primarily do everything online? Am I going to be walking around downtown all day and approaching people? How do you do it? Yeah, great question. I wouldn't say I'm naturally a great networker, but I actually took a Dale Carnegie course in university and that changed a lot of kind of the whole process for me. I was like, all right, got to get out there. You got to talk to people. The thing about, even if you're up behind a computer all day, if you if you can talk to people, that separates you from the rest of your peers. Now, for me, networking is a little bit different. So I don't go to like networking events and hand out business cards. I like to start like community groups. Uh, like I run Okanagan Entrepreneurs on Meetup. We have like a thousand members. To me, that's my way of networking. You know, we do an event, I show up, I, I do some online stuff. 
So I, I do like a kind of like a mix of online and impersonal. Now, some people are really good at working rooms. If you're really good at working rooms, get in those rooms. Right. Like just get But I think you really need to find what suits your personality. Now, I was a shy kid, uh, never really, you know, much of a talker, that type of stuff. But I know how important having a network is. And, and I started my like LinkedIn network in 2007 and eight and all that stuff's good. But at the end of the day, it's like who you go out for coffee with, like your one on one conversations, go out for beer. Like I like to think my university days, all those times spent in drinking was actually just building out my network. Like I was just investing in my future. Drinking is valuable. Yes. yes. It's what you say. But like if I went back to Prince Edward Island today, I would just walk down the street and be like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, and these people are now in higher positions at different companies and, and different levels. Uh, so again, going back to like, if I was going, giving advice to people in university is like, think less about like the actual education and like the people you're meeting and those, those personal skills, especially if you're, you're shy and you're a little, you know, just more on the quiet side. Like I was definitely on that side. Um, if I could go back in time, that's something I would push myself into more, even though I did actually like force myself to go to networking events and stuff like that. Cause the more you do it, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like anything. Like not you like, ten years of me networking. Now it's just like whatever. Right. First starting out, you're like uh, I'm a little nervous and all that. But now it's like, and if you want to run a business and you don't know how to network, good luck. For sure. Yeah. You can't public speak. Good luck. Like, I don't care how good you are with computers. Not going to happen. You know. But it doesn't mean you have to be an expert. You just got to you know get up there and practice and get better. So if you can, like you said, go back in time a little bit, mm-hmm. is there anything that you could remember with regards to the obstacles that you had to overcome and kind of the obstacles that you face now? In terms Big of business? Ones. Big yeah. ones? Anything you remember? Oh, there's there's tons of obstacles. You know, the, the biggest, biggest thing I've ever had to deal with personally is my dad died in 2011. Right. Um, and that was in July. And I moved out here in November. And didn't know anyone and then following november girlfriend broke up with me i was stuck out here all by myself like and i was like okay i kind of know some people whatever i could have just picked up and went home and i refused to just out of pure pride i was like i'm gonna stay here for three months minimum and that was like you know five or six years ago so push through it just kind of stick with it you know, there's a lot of time if you're not if you're in entrepreneurship and you're not uh, in the fetal position in the shower at one point in your life, then you're not in entrepreneurship. <laughs> you're not doing it right. No, I always say like, you know, if you're going to cry, cry in the shower. Like no one can see it. It's fine. Or wait till it rains. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it is. It will beat you up. And don't think that that's that, you know, you're not tough because like, trust me, I played rugby, soccer, hockey, and it still kicks my ass. You know what I mean? I'd rather get some days I'd rather get punched in the face then deal with what I have to do. But uh, you do it. And, you know, you're not built, you're not born with resiliency. It's actually like beaten into you. So, yeah, so something might happen tomorrow, but then it's like, well, is that as bad as that one time I had to find like this money for this tax bill in 24 hours? It just puts everything in a different perspective. So something that might be the end of the world for someone starting out, for me, it's just like, yeah, been there. I'm still kicking, still living, you know? So you got to have to get in those positions and just, just roll with it. Right. But don't think it's it's easier that you shouldn't feel like it's difficult because it, it is. Mm-hmm. 
And I just want to ask you some of the morning habits that you have that uh, to get you throughout the day. You know, sometimes you have a, you have a tough day, and especially when you have a full time job and something like a like hard by design on the side hustle. How do you kind of delegate your task and have a good habit of you know making sure that you're doing the best you can at work and also uh, putting some time in the, uh, on the weekends for for hockey by design. Yeah, I mean, I could do. I, I'm sure we could have a whole podcast on habits because I'm, yeah. I'm morning routine, evening routine, all that stuff. My number one advice is to start small. Um, I like to start my morning routine the night before. Yeah, I get my clothes out, everything's ready. I get up early because I have a kid, and that's the only time I'll have to think by myself for the rest of the day, and just getting in there and working on that most important thing first. And even if it's a half an hour, an hour, and then you start taking care of yourself, you know, maybe do a quick workout and, and all the other stuff you kind of see more, more popularized. But really, if you could start the night before to like set your future self up for success, it makes a huge difference. Like you'd be surprised how much having your coffee ready, your clothes ready, like it sounds kind of nerdy, but I, I just put on podcasts and I just get all this stuff ready. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm and if I don't do that, I just feel like, like I'm running around with my head cut off. Right on. All right, man. Like this interview is amazing. And uh, just to conclude the podcast here, for anyone who wants to start their own business or entrepreneurial journey, what is the major advice that you could give for anyone who just wants to jump? Well, first of all, just go, you know, go do it. You need to figure out a way of making sales. And I say this because like it was not my number one strength. But if, if you're in any type of business, if you're not making sales, you're not a business. You know, it, whether that is like selling to get venture funds or anything, you need to figure out what works best for your personality and, and and get in there and figure out that sales thing right away. Because if you're good at sales, everything else you can kind of piece together. Mm-hmm. You can figure it out later. If you have revenue, you can figure other things out. But it, you really need to get that sales thing done. So like in going back in time, if I could go back in time, I would probably take a job in sales right. and just learn all that stuff right out of university um, you know, but here I am ended up on the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> life, life takes some strange, you know, turns. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, that would be my advice. That's awesome, man. This interview has been amazing. Obviously guys check out hockey by design. All right, please go on there. It's an amazing website. And if you love hockey, it's the perfect website for you. Um, this is episode 10. So 10, yeah, that's trucking, huge. Trucking here, guys. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Restless Podcast and make sure to leave us an awesome review and rating. Uh, and guys, thank you for listening to The Restless Podcast, episode 10. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me.